Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey mates, just Matt dropping in here quickly before the start of the episode to let you know that we're doing three more live streams coming up over the following three Saturdays. Saturday's Melbourne time anyway, uh, so Mel- Melbourne time it's midday Saturday. This week for instance, Saturday the 18th of April at midday. Um, but you can go to our website if you're somewhere else in the world just to double check uh, the conversion rates. I've done it myself here, um, for instance... Uh, midday Saturday is Friday night, 10 p.m. in Toronto in Canada or Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it's uh, 9 p.m. Friday in Dallas, Texas, 7 p.m. in L.A. She's America has a lot of time zones, apparently. New York City in New York is 10 p.m. on Friday. London, Cardiff and Dublin. I'm guessing all of the U.K. and Ireland, it's 3 a.m which sucks sorry about that um but the good thing about these streams is they're up for 24 hours so you can watch it at whatever time uh suits you best in the 24 hours after it comes out so uh if you're not a party animal from cardiff um you can watch it the next morning when you get up if you wanna uh auckland obviously is 2 p.m prime time saturday and uh iceland also in the middle of the night uh 2 2 a.m paris 4 a.m anyway you can look it up I'm just looking up at uh, timeanddate.com. What a tedious way to start. I do apologize for that, but it was fun to me. It blows my mind. Uh, the world has diff- all these different times, and uh, we're ahead of most of you, apart from those wily New Zealanders who are 
who are streets ahead of the rest of the world in so many ways. Um, anything else I need to tell you? Oh, it's, uh, I say porn uh, differently to Americans. I say, so when I say porn shop, I mean a, what you would call, I guess, a, a porn shop. I can't do it. To us, porn and porn are homophones, but to you, sound very different. Porn and porn, P-A-W-N, is porn. P-O-R-N is also porn. Sorry. (laughs) But it's fun. Language is fun. Uh, Also, we're all wearing suits during this, so there's a couple of very brief references to that. Anyway, if you want to watch the streams, please go to sospresents.com, and yeah, you can get uh, ticket for the following three weeks if you want to and I reckon your body should want to because it is a whole lot of fun we had so much fun apart from the episode we recorded another 45 or so minutes to the live stream uh, exclusively to that which is all gone now you can't see it anymore it's um, but yeah anyway why am I a gas bagging let's get on with the show this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm sitting here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello, Dave. Hello, Matt. Hello, Dave. Hello, Jess. Oh, that is always a struggle. Wasn't it wild how we were just sitting here and then he clicked and the show yeah. started? That freaked me out. It's I wasn't weird. ready for it. All right, if, you, if this is the first time you're tuning in, hello, my name's Jess. Very nice to meet you. Um, and what we do is every week, one of the three of us re- re- does a report on a topic. Sometimes it's about serial killers. Sometimes it's about events in history. Sometimes it's about Betty White. And then they tell a story to the other two who disrespect them so much they just derail and talk about themselves a fair bit. And we've done that for a long time. That's very true. And I'm really happy this week is about Betty White. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, and the way we get onto the topic, Jess, is uh, the report giver asks a question. I'm the report giver this week. This is my question okay. to you, Thank Jess. You. And to you, to a lesser extent, Dave. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll answer second. Yeah, great. I'll give you uh, one shot each. Okay. The crashing of an unmanned plane in North Carolina in September 1985 ended with the discovery of which dead animal three months later? What? Basically say an animal. A uh, lion. No. Pelican. No. It was bear. Damn it! Black bear. (laughs) Okay. You know what? I'll just listen to the report, I reckon. I was going to ask for clarification, but I reckon you'll get there in time. (sighs) Yes, I will. In time. In time. <laughs> Jeez, if we have time. Oof, I hope you get right. there. So this was suggested by just the one man, Drake Gillespie, which I'd never heard of the word of the name Gillespie. I don't know if he misspelled his own name Gillespie. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to take his word for it, and that word is Gillespie. Right. And the report begins now. Okay. On the 11th of September, 1985, it used to be, this used to be the famous <laughs> September 11th. Wow. Oh, my God, it's about a plane crash. I didn't even put that together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, obviously laughing at my stupidity (laughs) and not the terrible tragedy. Of of this bear, we presume. On September 11th, 1985, a twin-engine Cessna 404 crashed into a ridge in a remote area of Nantahala, 
National Forest in North Carolina. There were no signs of any fatalities or survivors. Uh, there was also no flight plan for it lodged anywhere. So you're saying that no bo- no humans were found in the wreckage? Yes, or anyone. Dead or alive. No, no one dead or alive was found in the wreckage. Okay. A few hours later, in Knoxville, Tennessee... Uh, home, home of the Wig Sphere. The Wig Sphere. <laughs> around 100 kilometres from the crash site, Fred Myers awoke to find a man's body lying on his driveway with a parachute draped around him. <laughs> oh, no. He finds uh, death very funny. It sounds like the start of a riddle. You know those riddles yes. where you're like, a man in a paddock, he's got a parachute He's on. stood on a block of ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's got nice. it. It sounds like... Shock on with balloons. <laughs> he woke up, man in his driveway, yeah. parachute, nothing, no other evidence, go. So it sounds like I that. Missed the bit. So he is dead. He is dead. dead. Sorry, he is dead. I thought he was alive. I missed that bit. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I love the phrasing, uh, he, he woke to fa- find a man's body, a live body, <laughs> lying on his driveway. <laughs> Uh, how, now that he's dead, he's no longer a man. He's a body. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. El McPherson's done that in life. Yeah. <laughs> One of the few too. Uh, his main parachute hadn't been deployed, but his emergency one had, probably on its own. And though it wasn't enough to save his life, it did mean that the injuries suffered were much less severe uh, than you might expect to see on someone who had just fallen from the sky. But he didn't fully splatten. I bet that, that was a real relief for him. Yeah. Uh, die young, leave a good-looking corpse. <laughs> when the police arrived, they found the man to be wearing a khaki-coloured outfit with a bulletproof vest, night vision goggles, and a pair of Gucci loafers. That's confusing. Also, it's daytime. Once he needs the night vision goggles. Ah, uh, maybe it's a little clue as to when he actually skydove. Ah, was in the night. <laughs> With loafers. Gucci loafers. It's a, yeah, it's a funny look in my mind. Like an, uh, he's basically, he's, he's a civilian, but he's wearing full army getup and then fancy Gucci slippers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the police found in the man's possession two handguns, knives, ropes, food rations, vitamins, a book with names and codes, a compass, an altimeter, thousands of dollars in cash, and six Krugerans. Do you know what Krungerans are? Krug, Krugerans. I have no idea what that South is. South African gold coins. Oh. Apparently, it's yeah, they're kind of untraceable, and it's a big chunk of the world's gold is in these coins. Um, and they're worth different amounts depending on how big they are, how much gold is in them or something. I've never heard of them before. Oh, wow. This week. It's uh, interesting. The police also found a key with an identification number matching that of the plane that crashed earlier in the morning. If you hadn't um, guessed that, these two things are connected. Ah. Oh. I had my suspicions. Mm. I didn't. Yeah, but I'm, I'm good at picking twists. Yeah, that's you're you good at the twists. I'm really I good. initially had it written so I was going to reveal the key thing later. I'm like, I reckon they'll probably cut me. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a key. <gasps> never thought about how planes have keys. Yeah, I mean, you've got to start them, don't no, you? No, you do, but I've just never thought about that. In the engine, <laughs> they do that on a Qantas plane. I wonder how often the pilots are like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> then you you oh, check the on. review mirror. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Where are those keys? They always have a little rock out the front. Yeah. It's, it looks like a rock, but it's actually <laughs> a nifty little device. There's a few hundred rocks just lying at the airport. <laughs> in, the, in the garden at my uh, my building, 
where I live, there's like little rocks and pebbles and stuff around. And we found out that our elderly neighbour kept her spare key at our front door in a fake rock. That's smart. But we had no idea it was there the whole time. She left it. It was a key in front of our house. Did you just discover it one day? No. No, it was a bleak reason why she'd fallen and we needed to get into the house. And that's when we found out where the key was. You started going, well, let's check the rocks. Who knows? (laughs) It could be any of them. Let's start at our front door, not hers. Very confusing. Anyway, just letting you know that. It's not there anymore, so it's safe for me to disclose that information. Where is it now? Um... I'd rather not say. Okay. Mm, good try, Dave. Mm. <laughs> try. <laughs> I was about to reveal and I didn't even know. <laughs> Does that be great? Uh, on top of all this, so he's, he's, he's packing a lot of heat. He's got guns. Yeah, knives, also, rope. He's ready to go with he's rope. He's got quagrins. <laughs> yeah, and thousands of dollars in cash. And food rations, that's what I'm interested in. What kind of snacks are we talking mm, smarties? about? Smarties. Yeah, has he got some Smarties? Has he got oh. trail mix? Yeah, trail mix is even smarter than Smarties. Mm. It has some Smarties in there for a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of sugar. Mm. Yeah, what what trail do you reckon they're picking up? I always assumed trail mix was things you pick up on a trail, but it's probably more like things you'd eat on a trail. Yes. Because you can't pick up little bits of chocolate on a trail. No. <laughs> it's just leaves and Unless twigs. you're in Candyland. <laughs> are you in Candyland? <laughs> Answer me that. Hey, why didn't you? Answer me. <laughs> I like to leave you. No, we're not in Candyland. <laughs> I've tried to eat this chair. On top of all this, he was also wearing a satchel that contained 34 kilos of pure cocaine. Okay. Apparently worth around 15 million bucks at the time. Now, even more. But he's got rations of food. <laughs> you're loaded, mate. <laughs> yeah. Treat <laughs> yourself to a roast duck. Are you saying you're loaded or as in like you can go days without food because you've got so much cocaine you'll bit never... Bit of column A, bit of column B. Never eat, need to eat again. Is it an appetite suppressor? I don't know. In that jacket, I reckon you might. <laughs> just wearing a purple jacket. Classic <laughs> cokehead wear. <laughs> uh, the cocaine packets had USA 10 written on each of them. Okay. I love a, a cokehead is also a patriot. Yeah. <laughs> USA. Yeah, that's that's how it was written. You. <laughs> yeah, times ten. I'm saying that's how good we are. Ten times better than the rest. <laughs> the police found two different IDs on the man, both featuring the dead man's photo. So obviously, at least one of them was a fake. Was he dead in the photo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. How did he do it? <laughs> uh, one for Andrew Thornton. And a second for Andrew Bourbon. Okay, so but it's most likely Andrew. Yes. I reckon it's most likely Andrew Thornton. Bourbon sounds like a fake name for sure. Well, you are correct. (laughs) I soon determined that the real one was Andrew Thornton. Full name, Andrew C. Thornton II. C. Why don't they... Yeah, the C's... It's not really a full name if you haven't said what the C is for. Well, all right. I said full and I hoped you'd let that slide. C short for... Coke man. (laughs) (laughs) It's shot for Coke man. He's like, that's why he needs to come up with a second name because the real name really gives it away. Yeah, it really gives it away. (laughs) Yeah. I'll go for Bourbon. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny. Andrew Bourbon is is a a funny name, but he was from Bourbon country in Kentucky. So, so yeah, he's pretty good imagination, this guy. Um, So, yeah, he is Andrew C. Thornton II. Why? I don't, normally, doesn't it go Andrew C. Thornton, Andrew C. Thornton Jr., Andrew C. Thornton III? 
But he's just gone with the second. I don't get it. But anyway. Um, maybe that, that, Does that mean that there is a third? You become a second when you have a third. Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, because your dad can't be junior. No. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you couldn't respect him. No. No. All right, Junior, go get my socks. My <laughs> <laughs> tootsies are cold. <laughs> yelling at your dad to get socks. <laughs> Sorry, not my rules, Junior. <laughs> I'm the third. <laughs> Fetch me my suckies. Uh, Thornton was the son of Carter and Peggy Thornton, so his dad wasn't. I think that Carter was the C. C ah, not cocaine. Oh, no. well, <laughs> the C in Carter was short for cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Thornton was the son of Carter and Peggy Thornton from Bourbon County, or County maybe, in Kentucky. According to the Washington Post, the Thorntons were a wealthy Lexington horse breeding family. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I don't say. He enjoyed a privileged upbringing in Lexington, where he attended a prestigious private school uh, and also played polo amongst other wealthy people at pursuits. Yeah. That's horse polo. Oh, right. But on the gr- on the land, land, land Not horse polo in the water. Yeah, there's horse water polo, <laughs> there's water polo, horse land polo. What's just polo? That's just going around with a big hammer and a ball. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Croquet. Land croquet. Croquet, croquet is polo. Glad we sorted that out. <laughs> After school, he joined the army as a paratrooper. And according to the LA Times, he served in the 101st Airborne Division in the mid-60s and was among uh, soldiers sent to the Dominican Republic after a revolution. He was wounded and received a Purple Heart. Other sources say he was in a different Airborne Division, 60-something or something, but... Okay. Or whatever. He's an experienced guy with parachutes. Yeah. Purple Heart's one of the big ones, I think. Yeah. Yeah. in 1968, he joined the Lexington Police Force, serving there for nine years. According to the Washington Post, in the early 1970s, he became a member of the Lexington Police Department's first narcotics squad, working with the DEA's regional office in Louisville. Uh, says former DEA agent Larry Lakin, DEA worked with Drew on many occasions in narcotics and sometimes on a weekly basis. Worked very closely together. Okay. So he had a he had a history of working in in uh, narcotics law enforcement. That's really handy, considering his middle name is Cocaine. Yeah, Coke Man, but maybe it's Cocaine Man, Coke Man for short. Yeah, you got to shorten your C middle for name, long. please. <laughs> Coke Man was, hey, Cocaine Man was my father. Cocaine Man Junior was my father's name. <laughs> Call me Coke Man too. <laughs> uh, he also worked his way through law school at the University of Kentucky while on the force. This guy's got a lot of careers happening. He's got a lot going on. He's still in. I think he's still in his twenties. He's just uh, kicking goals. He's a go-getter. Mm. Pretty focused. Yep. What not? I guess it's all that cocaine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it a focusing drug? <laughs> I know what uh, you were saying. It, it suppresses your appetite. But yeah. And you focus. Yeah, J- Jess is our resident cocaine expert. We'll keep yes. directing questions to you. Please. <laughs> Look at that jacket. It's full of coke. (laughs) (laughs) So after serving in the army and police force in 1977, he resigned from life in uniform to become a lawyer in Lexington. I mean, lawyers can still wear uniforms, can't they? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. 
What is it like? What would the uniform be? A suit that has yeah. a badge saying lawyer, lawyer, lawyer man, yeah, slash woman, because women sexy. can be lawyer man too. Yes. Are you talking about the bar- like a barrister's outfit with like a wig and stuff? Oh yeah, that oh. is kind of a uniform, yeah. isn't it? Hmm. Wow, you've really opened my eyes. <laughs> In a way, everything's a uniform, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything's a mask. Isn't We're all just conforming. Aren't who's we? the real you? Yeah. What is fashion if Open not up. a uniform? Hmm. Let's get nude. <laughs> Uh, but it seems he never practiced law. Instead, he became more involved in the other side of the law, okay. the crime. Oh. Oh. There's probably three. Is there three sides of the law? You've got the law, yep. then the crime, yep. and then the time. <laughs> okay. That's not what I was going to say. What were you going to say? I'm not sure, but it was going to be better than that. <laughs> you back uh, yourself. You really paused for a long, long time. I thought I was really helping you out there. <laughs> well, you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Washington Post writes, The affiliation between Thornton and the DEA intrigues cops who try to understand Thornton's shift from narc to drug smuggler. <laughs> narc. <laughs> DEA agent Robert Brightwell who says he worked with Thornton in, on narcotics investigations in the early 70s, describes him as, quote, an, a, a 007. It's fucked me up there because he's written it, and 007. Oh. Come on, Ross. Weird phrasing. Um, saying it to you, Jess. Come on, Jess. <laughs> Let's assume the guy who wrote this article's name is Ross. Okay. Come on, Ross. My brother-in-law says that a lot. Come on, Ross. I don't know what it means. But it means even less in this context. Yeah. So I regret it as soon as I said it. It's a oh, weird so family in-joke thing that I don't know what it means. Yep. But, and instead of asking, you've just taken it on. Yeah. I respect that. It's just fun to say. Come yeah. on, Ross. Oh, come on, Ross. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Anyway, the quote is, uh, a 007 paramilitary-type personality, an adventurer driven by adrenaline rushes who became bored with being a cop. mm that's why he went to the other side. Yeah, for the thrill. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Skip forward to 1981 in Fresno, California. Fresno, home of the Fresno Tacos baseball team, I believe. Probably one of the best mascots. Taco. It's a taco. Yeah, their emblem is a, is a taco. That's good. How good's that? I love Don't a mascot you can eat. Yeah, edible mascots. <laughs> Much oh. like the Brisbane Lions. Yes. Uh, so we're skipping forward to 1981 in Fresno, California, and he was one of 25 men being accused of the theft of weapons from the China Lake Naval Weapons Center and of conspiring to smuggle a thousand pounds of marijuana into the United States. A thousand pounds. A thousand pounds. That's a fair bit. Yeah. I don't know how, I have no idea what that means. Pounds less than a kilo? Yes. yes. So it's not that, probably not even that much. <laughs> probably Whatever. Probably, yeah. a, probably a weekend at my house, you know. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't know. You you're, you're doing coke and marijuana. I mean, it's a gateway, isn't it? That's what they say. Yeah. So you've it's used like coke, coke and as a gateway to marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, once you start at coke. There's only one way down. Yeah. Uh, if you keep going down this slippery slope soon, you'll be under like cornflakes or something. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I hope That's it never gets that bad. Yeah. Hmm. You know, cornflakes was invented to stop masturbation. <laughs> is that a thing you know? You should talk about Mr. Kellogg's. Harry Kellogg's or whatever his name is. <laughs> Ross. <laughs> making, <laughs> Come on, Ross. Making a food so boring it'll stop kids wanking. <laughs> <laughs> what 
What a character. <laughs> Kellogg's. His name's Kellogg as Kellogg. well. Kellogg. You thought about it before I hadn't? <laughs> Kellogg. <laughs> what a... I don't like it. I love it. Oh. <laughs> Dave, how do you feel? It's one of the all-time great names. Okay. Kellogg. That's us, that's us in a nutshell. Yin and yang and another yin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the 25-man ring that was all caught up in this thieving conspiracy included other former Lexington police officers and was linked to a group known only as The Company. Ooh, I like that. The company was described in a 1980 federal indictment paper as, quote, a dope and gun-running syndicate with more than 300 members and $26 million in boats and planes. I mean, a name like The Company can either be, like, yeah, Drugs and guns. Or improv. <laughs> know what I mean? And both of them have $26 million. Of <laughs> yeah. You know, it's either going to be like a cute little theatre company or drugs and guns. There's no in-between. I love the idea that they do both. Yes. I mean, you've got you to be able to switch off. Yeah, once point, you get you know? to international waters, their games of space jump. They, they go take it to the next level. Off. <laughs> okay. Um, I need a scenario. Um, stealing Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've done that one. Can we? Uh, weapons? Uh, come on, I want to escape from our Monday to Friday. <laughs> it seems that Thornton was one of the key players in the company. I believe maybe even one of the head honchos. Ooh. And honchos. And hunkos. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Is he a babe? Well, in the uh, document TV documentary I watched Last night, mm. he's played by a babe. Okay. But I don't think he was a babe. Nah, we can assume he's a babe. Uh, the photos of him, he was like, no, nah, all these descriptions, I'm picturing Sean Connery. Yeah. Because that 1007 reference. <laughs> but From Ross. Someone else called him a Rambo-style man. Okay, yeah. Whoa. Uh, a fellow police officer described Thornton as, quote, an edge walker. Walking on the edge, <laughs> I guess. Of his feet. He walked sort of like... <laughs> <laughs> He didn't run very fast. It was really weird, actually. We said, why don't you just walk, just walk on the soles of your feet? And he went, what's that? Nobody had told him. No. That's crazy. Well, he, he learned how to walk from horses. <laughs> Clip-clopping. Four at a time. Yeah. <laughs> how do you think horses walk? <laughs> That's, is that four at a time? Two in, two out. I think they just, if they're four at a time, they must be like... <laughs> yeah, they're rocking, the kind of. You've never seen them gallop like I have. <laughs> True. What does that mean? <laughs> Where have you been? Well, I've been down at the track. Okay. Well. Yeah, I imagine as an affluent East boy. Thank you. You, you are a horse. You were you know, bred I was born on a horse. You were born on a horse. A Clydesdale? Yeah. Ah. They've got big, big, big back. Feet. Big back. They've got big everything. Big everything. They're big horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big, big horses. Never put their feet on the ground at the same time, though. Oh. Okay. Only one, in, one, one on the one ground at a time? time. Yep. Okay. Kind of like one of those desert geckos <laughs> where the sand's real hot. <laughs> oh, gec- you know what I mean. Dezo. Dezo. Dezos. Dezos. Dezo geckos. Dezo geckos. You know those Liz boys in the, in the des? <laughs> it's like I'm talking another language. Uh, uh, so this other police officer described him as an edge walker. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how we got here. Oh, great. Edge walker, yes. Walking on the edge, got it. As well as a thrill seeker motivated by danger. Yeah, okay. Actually, the C, in his, his middle initial C stood for danger. Huh. 
Uh, he went on to say, as a policeman, Andrew could walk the edge only so long before it became routine. Drug smuggling was a natural transition for him. <laughs> he was a Starsky and Hutch type of cop. He drove fast cars, popped in and raided people. Starsky and Hutch, 007, Rambo. <laughs> Jeez, this guy, doesn't he sound like the coolest guy? He wasn't. Oh. Doesn't he, though? He does sound yeah. very cool. Yeah. Oh, he sounds like an, I mean, he sounds like a fun character in a film. Yeah. As a real person, he sounds like a fucking nightmare. Did he have imagine, a family? Like, yeah, imagine being married to him or living near him. You'd be like, oh, this tool again. He was married uh, to the job of <laughs> smuggling drugs. <laughs> and also a woman. Oh. Um, oh. So, yeah, it was a bit of a three-way thing going on. <laughs> and in the end, it was too much for <laughs> the two humans in the relationship and they split, but he stayed married to the job. Mm. Yeah, he sounds like a nightmare. Because she, I think she remained kind of friends with him, but she found that his lifestyle was a bit full-on. Yeah. Yeah. He sounds awful. Uh, he sounds exhausting. Just sit down and watch a movie for fuck's sake, Andrew. Like, I am a movie. Yeah. No, you're not. I just want to go to Ikea. We need a new cabinet. <laughs> for fuck's sake. My parents are coming for dinner. Can you just sit still, please? And all the cabinets are full of drugs. <laughs> I just need somewhere to put the fucking plates. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jess, have you also seen the documentary? I imagine. You accessed that pretty quickly, actually. Yeah. I don't know where I went, but... um. Oh, I feel lighter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is there a little little repressed session? I there? don't know what you mean. Okay. I'm dizzy. <laughs> That's the drugs. <laughs> ah, I need more coke. <laughs> I'm running low on coke. You. I'm getting pockets. hungry. Anyone got some coke? <laughs> <laughs> Just eating it by the spoonful. <laughs> With milk, <laughs> like cereal. <laughs> Kellogg style. Just makes it a paste. Yeah, haven't wanked in ages. I've just been eating this cocaine cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even get it up anymore. <laughs> you happy, Kellogg? Hello. You happy? <laughs> My inside's a mush. <laughs> so he's walking on the edge. He's walking on the edge, but yeah. So he's up on these charges because of the, you know, the conspiracy conspiracy to thieve all these things yeah. from the army. But perhaps due to his family's powerful standing in the community, he wasn't charged in the China Lake weapons case. There's all, like this is one of those ones where there's a million different articles about it, and they're all a little bit. They they talk about him differently. Some kind of you can tell they like him, and some are like. He's a, he was a shit cop. He's a bad guy. And other ones are like, he was a great cop. He, he's the best at everything. Um, some say, you know, his family helped him get out of this. Others were like, they just didn't really have anything on him. Yeah. Apparently he said when he got caught, he's like, you don't have anything on me. He was just really arrogant about it. Really? That doesn't sound like him at all. <laughs> Perhaps due to his family's powerful standing in the community, he wasn't charged in the China Lakes weapons case, but was instead indicted on the lesser charge of conspiracy to import a controlled substance, as well as conspiracy to distribute a controlled substance. Okay. According to the LA Times, the indictment said the charges involved the flight of an air, uh, the flight of a plane on a drug run from South America to Kentucky in 1979. He was named as the pilot. Uh, Thornton pled not guilty before doing a runner. He was arrested months later as a fugitive in North Carolina. He didn't pay for his dinner. No. <laughs> his succulent. Hell, he is outrageous. <laughs> Again, his wife's still at the table like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. guess oh. I'll have to pick it up then. I see that. Okay. 
the court diner. He's yeah. <laughs> like, um, not guilty, uh, but I will go another chicken chow mein. Thank you so much. Yeah, so months later, he, he, they finally caught up with him, arrested him, arresting him in North Carolina while he was wearing a bulletproof vest and carrying a pistol. Uh, you'd think fleeing would have led to a more severe punishment, but after pleading no contest to a misdemeanor drug charge, any felony charges were dropped. As such, his sentence was relatively light, with six months in prison and a $500 fine. Jeez, it would have been, that would have been pretty rough on him, right? 500 bucks. 500 bucks. 500 big ones. Uh, he was also placed on probation for five years, and his law license was suspended. Suspended. <laughs> yeah. No arguments. <laughs> no ifs and buts, young man. Suspended for one month. Yeah. Go to your room. Uh, your room being prison for six months. Yeah. I forgot he was a lawyer as well. I forgot that. So it's been suspended. Yeah. Okay. Uh he was still on probation when he died, so he never got... He, uh, Forgot that he died. <laughs> I was like, oh, spoiler. No, that's right. We found him dead. Yes. Parachute man. So he was a free man again in 1982, and it seems like he got back to business pretty quickly. Details aren't super clear of what he's up to in the next three years, but it seems he continued working as a drug, a drug runner amongst other strange behaviour. This next um, part is taken from a, another article in the Post. It was written at the time. And it was probably... It was one of the bits that made me like, ugh, this guy isn't that cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've already yeah, got that. Yeah. But, but this one... Well, anyway. All right. Uh, so this is from that article in the Post. Anticipating a nuclear holocaust, although some of this would have put him in good stead for what's happening in the world right now, but unfortunately he's, he's super dead. <laughs> Okay. Uh, anticipating a nuclear holocaust, he stockpiled paramilitary weapons, maybe not that bit, freeze-dried uh, food and stockpiled gold coins. He wore camouflage fatigues and swastikas. Okay. It was a bit that made me go like, oh, he's a Nazi. Oh, that's the Is bit that? that made you a bit iffy on this bloke, was it? That was the bit that really made me go, huh. Huh. Uh, yeah, and that and one, how... one kind of turned me against him a bit. Gotcha, yeah. Now okay, he's cool. a genuinely bad guy. Yeah, unless, what, yeah. Swastikas, that's the name for the Nazi version of that symbol, or is that... Because he also was apparently big into meditation and stuff. And didn't the uh, that symbol used to be about something else? I yes. believe so, yeah. Anyway, that was the only article that I saw the word swastika written. Okay. It really pricked up my attention. Pricked up my prick radar. A bit of a prick, <laughs> this Nazi guy. <laughs> that's a hot take. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I don't mean to have such a hot, hot take, but I do reckon Nazis are bad people. There, you said it. I don't apologise for that. No. I, I stand by that. I'm happy to put that on the record. I reckon you'll panic at it and take that out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I panic at it by taking out bits I think might offend. Dave panic edits by any facts he got slightly wrong. <laughs> Which might offend people. Yeah. Me. Uh, so he wore camouflage fatigues, swastikas and bulletproof vests. Loved his bulletproof vests. And he talked about eyes for eyes and teeth for teeth. You know, vengeance sort of stuff. He had become increasingly paranoid. He surrounded his farm with concertina wire, setting up barracks and digging trenches, oh, wow. according to Kentucky State Police. Really getting into it now. Ready for trench warfare. <laughs> <laughs> He's going back to World War I. Let's do this. Thornton's farm 
was the subject of aerial and ground surveillance several times following reports that Thornton was operating a guerrilla warfare training camp for mercenaries, according to Sergeant Ralph Ross. <laughs> Were most of the mercenaries farm animals? <laughs> yeah. Training pigs. Imagine pig with, like, black <laughs> on its face. Could Sergeant Ralph Ross be the Ross? Maybe. Come on, Come Ross. On. Ralph, Ralph Ross. Ross. <laughs> Ralph Ross is a great name. Ralph Ross is incredible. What's Ralph short for? Ralph Ayat. Thornton consistently maintained that nothing illegal occurred on his farm. That pig wanted to wear <laughs> that military fatigue. <laughs> Find me a pig that doesn't want to wear a bulletproof vest. Find me one. F- I challenge you. <laughs> They're like, damn. I thought you were talking about the cop. You're talking about a pig. <laughs> <laughs> An actual pig. Yeah, on an actual a pig farm, on the farm. Yes. I'm like, Dave. I'm not calling. Pretty, this is a strong language from you. <laughs> no, I mean a genuine pig. He's lost it. He's training farm animals for guerrilla warfare. Yeah. He's trying to get a cow to hold a grenade. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Oof. Yeah, that Can't. is hard for him. I would have picked a different animal. Like a like some kind of... Chicken. Uh, yes. Another wing. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> they could ho- at least hold it like in its claw as it flaps a little bit. Oh, Drops a little it, flaps thing. away. Oh, that's fun. Let's face it, he tried every animal. Yeah. A lot of it went wrong yeah. before he found the ones that worked. Yeah. He blew up a few cows. Yeah. That dinner... Uh, you know what they say, you got to blow up a few cows to make a chicken chow mein. Um, <laughs> how does that saying actually go? you got to crack a few eggs, few eggs <laughs> to make an omelette. Right? Yeah. <laughs> to make a chicken chow mein. <laughs> you eggs, of course, be a key ingredient of chicken chow mein. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what a chicken chow mein is. <laughs> you don't it sounds say. delicious. <laughs> Succulent even. Oh. A friend described the kinds of planes Thornton flew as a smuggler's dream. <laughs> okay. I wish it the only thing would have made that better. Just smuggler's heaps, wet dream. Heaps of cabin space. <laughs> oh, yeah. Drugs. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. So you could just sit comfortably, not surrounded by drugs. <laughs> That's exa- that is right. They, there was a lot of space for drugs. They ripped all the chairs out of them. <laughs> only the pilot's chairs remained. And they also fitted them with uh, special... Fuel tanks that um, meant that they could fly extra long distances. Wow. That is a smuggler's dream. When you said smuggler's dream plane, I imagined Wonder Woman's invisible plane. <laughs> now that's a smuggler's dream plane. Fuck yeah. I imagined a really big ass cavity <laughs> in the back of the plane somehow. Back at full. <laughs> the plane's just like, nothing. <laughs> Waddling around. The plane's sweating. <laughs> I think one of them may have broken. <laughs> I feel really focused and not hungry. <laughs> the plane just starts zooming up. <laughs> <laughs> still, you got a pole plane and you're still putting it in little condoms. <laughs> <laughs> I've got 8,000 condoms back there. <laughs> just put it in a bag. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> so th- these alter- alterations they made to the plane made them perfect for a trip from, say, Colombia to the United States. For example. For example. Could be anywhere. Could be anywhere, but that's an example. And on September the 11th, 1985, that seemed like exactly what he was doing. Okay. Or at least on the 10th, sorry. The crash happened early on the 11th, but yeah. On the 10th, that's what he was doing. He was flying from flying a big load of coke up that tightly packed aeroplane's ass <laughs> from Colombia to the States. Police retrace his path by finding multiple satchels of cocaine dropped into places like national parks along the route. On purpose? Yes. But 
the, so these discoveries made it clear that he'd flown up from South America. They sort of followed it like a Hansel and Gretel yeah, right. path or a Han- Hansel and Charlie path. Mm. A real uh, trail mix of cocaine, if yeah. you will. Oh, that's what they should do. Imagine trail mix uh, and instead of the little chocolate bits, cocaine pills. Why not as well as? <laughs> Why can't you, can you still have a little chalky treat? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic idea. Mm. Can we copyright Going to business? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's form the company. <laughs> a, c- a company. <laughs> a two, three, four. <laughs> We're a dance company. Yeah. <laughs> Having made the majority of the journey back home, though, Thornton put the aeroplane into autopilot and jumped. Oh. Why he chose to do this remains unclear to this day. Because he's dead. Yes. So he, uh, dead dead men tell no tales. Mm-hmm. Learned that from a pirate once. Oh. Or at Johnny least Depp? a pirate's m- movie Johnny title. <laughs> that a, I haven't seen it, but yeah. Probably Johnny Depp. Yeah. Hello, I'm Johnny Depp. Yes. I'm a pirate. Yep. Oh, hey, I'm based on rock and roller from the Stones. Now do Jeffrey Rush in that movie. Jeffrey Rush? Do Jeffrey Rush in that movie. Hello, I'm not very good. Apparently, allegedly. (laughs) But I'm quite litigious. Edit point. That's a panic panic editor if I've ever seen one. (laughs) I don't want to offend him. No. Because he'll he'll take me to court. But you're dressed and ready ready to go. (laughs) Ready to represent myself. (laughs) Well, Your Honour. Guilty. (laughs) You walk into the courtroom. Everyone just knows. Guilty. So he's jumped. People aren't sure why. But it seems like this is why he was dumping the cargo along the way. He was getting ready to jump. Um, Had he dumped all the coke or just some? uh, Well, he jumped with a... Big chunk of it on his person, oh, and the rest no. had been dumped. So when the plane was found, there was uh, no coke on board. Right. No survivors. No. People or coke. Uh, whatever the case was, he was an expert skydiver and the type of guy who wouldn't even let anyone touch his pack. He was a fanatic about his equipment, according to a friend in Lexington. He's a real freak. Very, very experienced skydiver. But he wouldn't let anyone touch his pack. Not even I mean, the guy that repacks the parachutes. He wouldn't. He's like, he didn't trust him. Don't pack him. He he wouldn't even let people repack his plane's ass. He just <laughs> really? wouldn't. Didn't let anyone re, uh, touch anything. His plane, his ass to pack. Yeah. He thought of his <laughs> his parachute as kind of like his second anus. Yeah. No one, no touching. <laughs> Maybe one of the reasons why him and his wife broke up. He was in ass play. He wasn't. he wasn't willing to try or communicate. Which, you know, <laughs> sad, but that's that's love, isn't it, in the end? Quite. Yeah, ass play. Mm. It's a phrase that I only heard <laughs> relatively recently, and it's real fun. Oh, it was in. It was in some sort of a show. Okay, good. Yes, that narrows it down. <laughs> Come on, Ross. What was it? It's not like people are watching a lot of shows a at the moment. Okay. A podcast. And they were talking... Anyway, this is now it's in another podcast. Mm. Ass play means playing with your ass, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a virgin. (laughs) You also scream that in court. (laughs) (laughs) Your Honor, I'm not a virgin. (laughs) Per se. (laughs) Objection. (laughs) Proof. (laughs) Objection, he definitely is, Your Honor. (laughs) (laughs) Sustained. 
So it, it was it was a very good jump, a very experience. So it was a, it was surprising to those who knew him to hear he had died in a skydiving accident. Yeah, Knoxville. <laughs> it wasn't surprising that he was found with hundreds of pounds <laughs> of cocaine strapped to him. Oh yeah, did he have the gold coins? Yeah, yeah. that's him. So yeah, yeah. He's a, he was a how many guns did he have on him? Yeah, yeah that's Andy. Yeah, <laughs> but splattered. Hmm. But well, weird. It's not like him. <laughs> not my boy. That's his mum. <laughs> Knoxville Police Lieutenant Jerry Day described him as a, uh, quote, a kind of survivalist, an individual who was expecting trouble and ready for it, which explains why his body was found with weapons, food, ropes, night vision, goggles, etc., etc. Picnic hamper. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately for Thornton, it sounds like his overpreparedness might have caused his downfall, quite literally. Mm. According to the New York Times, he fell to his death because, quote, he was carrying too heavy a load while parachuting. Yeah, it's... Yep. Got greedy. Got greedy. Um, the fact that he was such an experienced jumper and he miscalculated the weight he could carry makes it seem like the jump wasn't pre-planned. Some people say this maybe this was always the plan. He was always just going to let the plane go and crash. He was going to land and, and meet someone where he was going to make a deal. But it seems like that's probably not the case just because he otherwise wouldn't have had such a heavy load yeah. on him. Uh, today I found out.com suggests it might have been something else though quote it was also later noted by friends of the man in question that he had a propensity to push the envelope on how late he could open his parachute so it's also possible that in the darkness he simply waited too long to deploy it okay he was challenging himself he was yeah. playing chicken with the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he was famous in skydiving circles as one of the one of the few guys who would wait to the very last second to pull pull his ripcord Again, he sounds like a nightmare. But didn't it say he didn't pull the ripcord at all and the only the emergency one had yes. gone off automatically? Well, they're not sure if it went off automatically or if he had to pull it. Right. Yeah, if the first one failed. Yeah. Because that's um, what it's for. Because that's the problem. If you leave it to the last second and then it fails, you've lost a couple of seconds before you get the emergency yeah. one and then it's too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's a, that's a possibility. I'd be famous in skydiving circles for pulling it at the first <laughs> possible moment. You're in the I plane? <laughs> You get sucked out, you're just dangling. Oh no. It's wrapped around you, you fall to your death. (laughs) Somehow, that's how you die. It gets caught in the propeller. But if that is what happens, can you please still tell people it was a skydiving accident? (laughs) A skydiving accident that was completely avoidable. Falls out, comes out. These these little planes with the propeller at the front. It gets caught in the propeller. You're (laughs) flinging around. Whoa, 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 whoa! Are you picturing me as a cartoon as well? Is it? Yeah. And eventually you get minced up. Chicken chow mein. Yeah. The best part is your. It's your first ever skydive, so you go tandem with a professional. (laughs) But you just. Sorry, mate. I don't trust you. (laughs) Pulled it. He also dies. Just no, no. <laughs> but at least I was prepared. Yeah, that's right. You played it safe. I, a, I played safe. Done. Thank you. Uh, the, you know the documentary series I was talking about before is called FBI Files: Dangerous Company. Oh, that's good. So good, because the whole point of it was he kept dangerous company. <laughs> uh, so that doco suggests that Thornton believed he was being followed by another plane. So he put the plane into... Uh, so he tried to lose it? 
Did he indicate left and then turn right? Apparently, yeah. And, and, and they reenacted it all so good. He's going, lose him. But the, the other plane was too fast and was catching up. Damn it. So he put it, got it into autopilot and jumped. And we know he was a super paranoid guy. So this yeah. checks out. Uh, on the way down, they suggest he was knocked unconscious. Possibly straight away, hitting his head on the plane on the way out. <laughs> Which feels like it would be hard to do. But I reckon... I'd find a way. <laughs> he hit his head on the plane. <laughs> he was famous for being the best in the biz. Yeah, and then he hits his head on the plane. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Yeah, buddy. it really is. Uh, Wink. The other... You've got to hit yourself pretty hard on the head oh. to knock yourself out. Oh, no. I guess yeah, if he jumped, got caught by a gust of wind, thrown back yeah. into the place. I don't know. But they also suggested it could have been that he was pummeled by one of the duffel bags full of cocaine all the way down. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> oh, it feels very cartoony. Either way, um, they suggest that he was knocked out and unable to pull the ripcord of his main parachute and the emergency parachute wasn't deployed until it was too late. Yeah. Either automatically or he came to and went oh shit pulled it and it was too late yeah so that's what they suggest on on the doco they it's an hour and a half i'll put a link to it in the show notes it's very good and it goes into all this other stuff as well but um uh they say at the start the injuries that the cops found on his body when they found him suggest that maybe it wasn't an accident that maybe he was hit and it was murder. And then, and then they go, yeah, it looks like he probably hit his head on the plane. <laughs> i tell you that an hour and 20 minutes later. Was, you dogs. He was murdered, dogs. murdered by a plane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that but, plane had it out for him. Well, and also one of the bags burst and the plane was on like a coke rage. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a thing? Can you get rage? Yes. Oh, yes. Really focused. And <laughs> angry. suppressed. Rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the doc- so it's one of those made-for-TV docos where that it's like all reenactments, mm. and you know it's sort of lowish budget. Uh, and a lot of like, is it dark and a lot of filters, so you don't see a lot of the background because it's, it's not properly a background. Totally, but there's, um, I mean, it's an hour and a half long, and it's sort of, you know, there was obviously some budget. There's so many location shoots and all this sort of stuff. My favorite bit, I can't remember exactly what he said, but. Um, the narrator's talking about uh, the cops and saying they they realised that he was actually quite a bad guy. And then and that's overlaying cops reenacting this scene where they're in the crime lab looking at evidence and the main cop, uh, you can hear him just audibly say, hmm, I reckon he's a, quite a bad guy. <laughs> I'm guessing he's just like riffing. <laughs> just making up stuff. <laughs> All right, I'm a cop. Okay, what do I think about this criminal guy? Yeah, I think he's a quite a bad guy. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think this guy might map. <laughs> he might be a criminal. Yeah, mm. Mm. Uh, yeah but the do- if if people are interested, there it'll be linked in the show notes. It goes way deeper into the company and all the bad things they did, which also include uh, includes the assassination of a judge who was in the middle of a, a court case with one of the people connected to the company was probably about to be found guilty by this judge. That judge got assassinated um, by a sniper. The man convicted of that murder was Woody Harrelson's dad. What? <laughs> I don't think anyone expected him to say that. <laughs> uh, and I would normally have gone into all that stuff way more, but we haven't even got to the the reason that I'm doing this report. The Just reason a bear. Yeah. Which I totally forgot about until about ten minutes ago, and I zoned out for a second. And went, wait, what? Where's the bear come uh, into this? Woody Harrelson's dad killed a judge. 
Uh, well, he was found guilty of it. The guy who accused him of it apparently later changed his story. Uh, but I think Woody Harrelson's dad died in, in jail. Right. He was. I think he was a career criminal. Okay, so it wasn't just like that actor of the t- up from Cheers. It was his dad. <laughs> no, yeah. He just got named. What are you talking about? Yeah. Whoa. So it sounds like, yeah, um, he was a pretty wild operator. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, no time to go into all that. Yeah, okay. Because uh, the reason that Drake Gillespie suggested this topic was about this bear. Yeah, right. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also... Not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. It feels a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can uh, affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me, and that feel, that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit. He, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. But maybe before we jump into that quickly, what's your theory? Why did he jump at that point? Do you think it makes sense that he was just got paranoid? I reckon he sounds like a paranoid kind of guy. Yeah. And that maybe if you you think you're being followed, when you land, you're definitely going to get busted. So if you crash the plane, there's a chance in darkness that you'll be able to jump out D.B. Cooper style. No one Mm. notices you and that you can go back and get the drugs in the forest later. Yeah, I think that was the plan. Still super risky, obviously. Yeah, totally. And he had 15 million bucks of drugs on him. And there were mult, like more that he dropped. So it was so much was cash a lot. worth of yeah. drugs. And the people he bought them off, I think they didn't get paid up front. So then there's this whole story about how maybe uh, there were uh, retributions afterwards as well, which I, I don't have time to go into either. So it's just like it's a big, messy story. There's multiple books have been written about it. It's inspired different story arcs on different TV shows. Oh, yeah. um, the police ruled the death an accident. Um, so the plane got away with it. Uh, Classic. 
But it, it does Until now. <laughs> it does seem likely that another person was on the plane with him and someone else was helping him coordinate things on the ground. The New York Times reported in 1988 that, quote, two people were indicted on charges of conspiring with Mr Thornton uh, to import the 880 pounds of cocaine. I don't think... I couldn't find anything that had come of those charges. Right. I think one of them was his girlfriend at the time. And uh, she was the one on the ground, allegedly. She was just wanting to go to Ikea. Yep. <laughs> oh, this wasn't his wife. This was her girlfriend. I know, but okay. I mean, Still, lots I know. of people like to go to Ikea for stuff. Two different people wanting to go to Ikea. <laughs> Jeez, he has a type, doesn't he? <laughs> he meets him at Ikea. <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, yeah, and then he changes yeah. like that. So that let's draw a line in, in the story of, of Mr. Thornton. And get onto the bear. So about three months after the plane crash, authorities found one of the coke drops that Thornton had made. So they were tracking these down. One they found three months later in a a national park. Oh, no. There they found around 40 packages of cocaine that had been ripped open, but only residue remained. Oh, no. Nearby, they found the body of a 175-pound black bear. To confirm their strong hunch that the bear had died after consuming the cocaine, they sent its body to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. (laughs) There they performed a necropsy, which is like apparently the animal version of an autopsy. What they found was, quote, its stomach was literally packed to the brim with cocaine. There isn't a mammal on the planet that could survive that. Well... <laughs> yeah. You build up a tolerance. Isn't there? <laughs> this black bear, bit of a pussy. <laughs> uh, My dad's watching. I'm, I am joking, Dad. Cerebral hemorrhaging, respiratory failure, hypothermia, renal failure, heart failure, stroke. You name it. That bear had it. Uh, that's one. That's one hell of a drug. Oh my god! Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> they do say that. Uh, the story was picked up by the media, and the bear became known as the Cocaine Bear, <laughs> aka Pablo Escobar. <laughs> okay, that's cute. But it's not the bear. I mean, the bear didn't know, did it? It wasn't like sweet heaps of cocaine. It's not. Yeah. Like it wasn't snorting it. No. Yeah. Well, we assume. Yeah. It was just like mm, food. Oh, yeah. I feel good. More food. Yeah, what what a weird food. Maybe it, yeah, it probably has a delicious taste. Yeah. And this, yeah, pure. That's the thing about Colombian cocaine. Delicious. <laughs> Tastes amazing. You can sprinkle it on your cereal. Yeah, and I do. <laughs> on your Kellogg's. Don't talk to me until I've had my morning cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in 2015, a small company named Kentucky for Kentucky, set up by mates Whit Hyler and Griffin Van Meter, became interested in the story and tried to find out what happened to the bear's body. Griffin and Whit made headlines in 2011 after launching a campaign to replace Kentucky's tourism slogan, which is unbridled spirit, to Kentucky kicks ass. Okay. Kentucky packs ass. There we go. Let's start it up. Hashtag Kentucky packs ass. Let's make it happen. <laughs> According to RoadsideAmerica.com, the popularity of that campaign encouraged Griffin and Witt to open a brick and mortar store, the Kentucky for Kentucky Fun Mall, as a marketplace for locals to sell quirky home state items such as gold plated KFC breastbone necklaces and fried chicken scented candles. <laughs> they also wanted their stores to showcase unusual. Kentucky relics, and that's when they remembered Cocaine Bear. Growing up here, I remember hearing about it a lot, said Witt. Could it possibly still be around? First, they contacted the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, who conducted the necropsy. Conducted. (laughs) Kentucky, that's what they do. They call that in Kentucky. 
when you conduct in Kentucky, it's conduct. You conduct. Yep. Uh, they you conduct a full investigation. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, the the Kentucky Symphony Orchestra is led by a conductor. <laughs> uh, so are their trams. Um, the colonel. Yes, they all look like that there. Uh, they spoke to an examiner who remembered the incident well. They said that despite all the damage the coke did to the bear internally, apparently the bear's body remained in good cosmetic shape. Quoting from Kentucky from Kentucky's website, Kentucky for Kentucky's website, such good shape that he thought it would be a shame to just have it cremated. He contacted... <laughs> contacted. Contacted. <laughs> <laughs> Talking is so hard. I, I, yeah. And so, like this thing, every three weeks I read a, like a twenty-page report, and I still don't know how to read. <laughs> I hit words in the weird, the syllables all wrong. Anyway, people know this. I don't know why I'm telling you. You know it better than anyone. He contacted a hunting buddy who did taxidermy, had it stuffed, and then gifted it to the Chattahoochee River National Recreation Area, where it was displayed in the visitor center. So they called the visitor centre, this is the Kentucky for Kentucky fellas, but he wasn't there anymore because, quote, apparently in the 90s, the threat of an approaching wildfire prompted park employees to evacuate the area's facilities. They took the few artefacts they had, including the cocaine bear, and put it in temporary storage in a nearby town called Dalton. But a month later, the storage was robbed and the bear was stolen. (laughs) What?! steals a bear must be huge well the stuff from storage was later recovered from a nashville pawn shop but not pablo esco bear because pablo had already been on sold okay that was to legendary country musician waylon jennings bought cocaine bear what from the pawn shop from the pawn shop the pawn shop owner said he was unaware of the bear's colorful history or that he was stolen But this was contradicted by Jennings, who, quote, told police that this particular pawn shop owner, a guy he's done business with in the past, called him as soon as the bear came in and relayed the whole coke (laughs) feud story of Andrew Thornton in great detail. I had no idea. Jennings was apparently already very familiar with Thornton, even before Thornton's death. Um, From Kentucky for Kentucky again. We couldn't find out for sure if Jennings knew Thornton personally, but he definitely knew uh, what he was about. So when Jennings had a chance to nab the infamous cocaine bear, he took it. Uh, He gave the bear to his Kentucky-loving friend Ron Thompson, who was a Kentuckian, whatever they're called. Kentuckian. Kentuckian. And who's the guy who told him all about the Thornton story and was possibly knew Thornton personally as well, Uh, but that's not clear. And uh, Thompson displayed it in his Kentucky-themed party mansion in Las Vegas. Oh, my God. Bear's gone on a real journey. And he has a Kentucky-themed mansion. Yeah. That's one of his mansions, and that one is Kentucky-themed. Yeah, he has 50. One for every state. Then never in the state they're from. 49. Uh, He said it'd be cold in the the cold, cold ground before he had a Missouri (laughs) party mansion. (laughs) And that's how Coke Bear went to live in Nevada desert. At least for a while. Oh, my God. When Thompson died in 2009, much of his estate was sold at auction. Kentucky for Kentucky called the auction house, who helped them track down the buyer, a man named Zhu Tang, a Chinese immigrant living in Reno. He bought the bear uncontested for the opening bid of 200 bucks. What? I would buy it. It How feels much? like just... How much? 250 <laughs> It feels like, yeah, it's funny they didn't get another bid, but then, you know, it's, it's a big dead bear. I guess you're lucky. Uh, when they tried to contact Zhu, they found that he had already passed away, sadly, 
but they were able to get in contact with his wife and they learned he'd been using the bear as decoration in his traditional Chinese medicine shop. When he died in 2012, she sold the business but saved the bear even though she never really liked it, apparently. Uh, Quote, He was always bringing home junk from auctions and estate sales and things like that, she said. The bear was one of his favourite things. He just loved it for some reason. At first, he wanted to keep it in our living room, but I wouldn't have it. It scared me. I made him take it to the store. She was unaware of the bear's history, but when they told her the scars from the post-mortem examination on its abdomen all of a sudden made sense to her. Uh, These scars also helped confirm to the Kentucky boys that they'd found their bear. Oh, my God. After telling her about the whole story and the quest to track it down, which took them a few months, Mrs. Sang uh, at first said if they'd gone through that much trouble, they could have the damn thing just to get it out of her sight. All they had to do was pay for shipping. So in 2015, Griffin and Witt unveiled the cocaine bear at their fun mall. Uh, Quote, you wouldn't think that a cocaine bear would be for all ages, but kids love it, said Griffin. (laughs) Everybody wants their picture with cocaine bear. (laughs) According to Roadside America, Griffin and Witt are attentive parents to their furry showpiece. Cocaine bear is given regular cleanings and outfitted with a Kentucky hat and an oversized gold chain. Dangling from its neck is also a flashy sign that gives the bear's proper name, Pablo Escobar, and ends with the warning, quote, don't do drugs or you'll end up dead and maybe stuffed like poor cocaine bear. <laughs> and that is the end of my report about Andrew Thornton oh my the God. and the cocaine bear. <laughs> All right. That was quite a journey. I, I've, I don't know what to say. That's it's a wild. funny addendum at the end, right? What a journey they went on to find that bear. Yeah. Is it possible that that bear is cursed? Two owners I had the same died. thought. Yes. So they've had it since 2015 and seem to still be alive. Okay. Mm. But all these people taking their photos with it, all dead. All dead. Including the kids. Oh, yep. no. They're dying of old age. So <laughs> very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird and amazing. Yeah, it's a, wild, it's a wild story. I think the Wayland Jennings bit was the bit that made me go, all right, I'm listening. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, a funny a postscript. And, all right. Uh, yeah, because the bear, it's, it's interesting they latched on it because I think the bear wasn't even living in Kentucky, but it was connected to this Kentucky story. A, t- a Kentuckian. Yes, contusion. Contusion um, gave him the coke, I guess. So that's the connection there. Yeah, right. Um, wild story. Yeah, and what, what a great suggestion from Drake. Yeah, well done, Drake. Thank you so much, Drake. Gillespie. Well, now we're going to move on to everyone's favourite section of the show, which oh, is, of yeah. course, our Patreon section, where we thank the people that support the show on patreon.com slash dogoonpod. Kicking off with the fact, quote, or question section, which oh, has yes. a little jingle. Fact, quote, or question. Ding! And the way this works is if you support us at patreon.com slash dogoonpod, uh, there's a bunch of different levels. This level is the Sydney Scheinberg Deluxe Rest in Peace Memorial Edition level. And if you uh, support us on this level, you have to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. And each week, I'll read out two of them. And you also get to give yourself a title. Uh, other things on this level you get are so many things, including you get to vote on two of the three topics. You get uh, two... <gasps> should we announce? We should announce it. <gasps> yes! So, at the moment, we put out and have for a long time two bonus episodes every single month. And they're still up there for you to check out. So, there's over 60 bonus episodes if you support us on the bonus episode level. Plus, the uh, D&D series that we recently did with Sans Pants. There's four episodes of that as its own little thing. But, we're not going to just continue to do two bonus episodes a month. We have just hit 
a new goal. Jess, what are we doing? We're going to be doing Fraser the Bar, baby! <laughs> so three bonus episodes a month. One mini report, one random roll of the dice Mixed could be bag. anything, yep. and one phrasing the Bar. And we'll be starting that next month, assuming that... Um, uh, we stay at that level, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And if, if you don't know what Phrasing the Bar is, it is a show where we will be going through the filmography of Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Fraser. We still don't know how to say I'm his name. I'm so excited. Maybe we'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm very excited. So excited. But for I, that. I imagine the first couple of things are going to be a bit shit oh, before I, it gets to the good stuff. <laughs> you know? I did look up. The first uh, one is like he's like a, basically like an like extra. a cameo. But yeah. episode two, Encino Man. Oh, wow. That no. He hit the big time, baby. He hit the, the ground first, running. The first movie, yeah, I think it's more of a cameo appearance. Oh. I love it. I love that we're going to start with that. <laughs> I assume we're going to start with that? Yeah, we'll start with with nothing. And then Encino Man. One of my all-time favourite films that I haven't seen in Buddy. years. I mentioned Paulie Shaw earlier you today. You did. Squeeze in the... Ju- ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember if I said that on Is the Paulie pod or Shaw not. Paulie Shaw alive? Yeah. What's he doing? At time of recording. Yeah. What's he doing? What's so he anyway, do? anyway, we get that is no, that's so a big ni- question. What is he doing? What is I think he doing? he's still. He's, did he have a reality show for a while? That was Jersey Shore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, his 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 sister. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jersey. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much everyone that has been jumping on the Patreon lately. Um, you know, it's extra stuff for you to listen to maybe if you're in quarantine and uh, it also helps us out a lot as well with uh, the lack of live shows and things like that and the people that have been watching the streams as well. Yeah. It's really a great way to keep us going. It's really so awesome. cool. Um, so, yeah, so on the uh, Sydney Scheinberg level, you get all those things. But the the thing that people really love is the fact, quote, or question. You get to mm. give yourself... A title, and then you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. This week, the first fact, quote, or question is Jessica Gillette Sheetha. And she's given herself the title of Jessie Jess Jess, Queen of the Donut People. Ooh. I instantly feel hungry for donut. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I'm hungry in general. I've and called I it like a, it's, a, it's own cuisine. Hungry for donut. <laughs> <laughs> but donut people, do they eat lots of donuts or are they made of donuts and would they be offended by us eating donuts? Oh. Yeah. Sorry, Jessie Jess Jess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe like maybe if they are made of donuts, they'd be like, well, I mean, we have to have a purpose. Please eat donut, you know? Yes. Maybe there's a difference between people made of donuts, sentient beings made of donuts, <laughs> and then donuts the food. Mm. I think there's a difference. Get your I head out of your butt, Dave. I have a feeling that Jesse knew this kind of intellectual discussion would follow yes. this title. There was that episode of The Simpsons, maybe a Halloween one, where Homer yeah. gets he be, his head becomes a donut. And he started nibbling on it a little bit. Yeah. That's right. Picking Stop at picking at that head. Yeah. <laughs> or am I thinking of, hey, don't scratch up them heads. A different Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah, it's both. Uh, so her question, Jesse Just Jess, is, Hey guys, I've been re-watching The Mighty Boosh lately. I know a few people have been re-watching The Mighty Boosh mm. in quarantine. It is a great show. And I kind of forgot how good it is. I did a, if you don't know Jess, I did a, pri- one of the first primates was about The Mighty Boosh. It's good fun. Um, oh yeah, Bolo. Bolo, yes. Mm. Uh, she goes on to say, It's something that always makes me laugh like I'm watching it for the first time. What always makes you laugh, no matter how many times you have seen or heard it? Well, The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, Simpsons. <laughs> so <laughs> much laughter. <laughs> a man getting chased off a course by a pack of dogs. Yeah, that <laughs> that does yeah. make me laugh. <laughs> the mention of the concept. <laughs> so funny. Um, 
That's a good question. What's I think uh, I can rewatch the US Office during the peak years and laugh a lot. Yeah. Every time. Oh, and Black Books. I love Black Books, and every time I rewatch it, I think. Yeah, Black Books is Dan's great. Black Books is very good. With Nail and I, makes me laugh every time, I reckon. Normally, yeah. I'm trying to, Mighty Boosh would be right up there as well. I actually um, reckon Kimmy Schmidt might be. That's a show that I've watched a lot, and there's always jokes in there that make me laugh. Yeah. My favourite recurring joke. Have I talked about this on the podcast or with somebody else? But Titus keeps he, – he always says moi in relation to himself. He'll be like, moi? And that – like he's obviously seen moi written down <laughs> and has never doesn't know how it's <laughs> supposed to be said. But the, the good thing about they never explain – like they don't spoon feed that to you. He just keeps saying it. It cracks me up every time. <gasps> moi? <laughs> Maybe that's the actor. <laughs> He's meant to be saying moi. 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 It's very moi. funny. Moi. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't relate to mispronouncing words like that. <laughs> nothing funny about it. It's great. Uh, yeah, great question. I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, probably like uh, Happy Gilmore. I haven't seen that in a long time. Seinfeld. Classic. Seinfeld's still great. Yeah. I recently, well, I mean, I watch it probably a couple of times a year, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, yeah. And that is very funny. Yeah, right. Still. Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. Oh, I've got to say, I'm so sorry that I didn't mention this earlier, the succulent Chinese meal man. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. makes me laugh every, every time. I cannot, la- I cannot not laugh. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. I cannot help but laugh. Yes. Every line. Every line. It just, it's like, that seems like a written riff. <laughs> ta yeah. Doesn't it like... <laughs> Ta-ta. <laughs> and farewell. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> so Every funny. line is gold. And All if you don't the UK, that was you guys the whole time. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Because uh, you yes. can put it in anywhere. Ah, uh, yes. Can you please help me with... I uh, see yes. you've learnt your judo well. <laughs> so, if you don't know what we're talking about, which I'd be surprised if we reference it so much, just type in succulent Chinese meal into YouTube. And, and you're welcome. And yes, just enjoy. That's the only... It's a two-step process. <laughs> He's sort of the guy's... Um, Slowly revealing himself uh, to the oh. public, and I, once he's fully done that, I'm I'm doing a report on him for sure. Yeah, oh, I'm so keen to hear it. Uh, thank you so much, Jessica Gillette Sheetha. Fantastic name, JGS. Uh, uh, the second fact quote or question of this week is Catherine Clo. Sorry, bracket pronounced Clough. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you really do read from left to right. <laughs> Catherine Clough, Clough. Uh, who's given herself the title of Brigadier Gary of Barbados. <laughs> oh, Brigadier. <laughs> Putting three brigadiers yeah. together, I salute you. Yeah, love Thank that. Thank you so much, Brigadier Gary of Barbados. Gary Barbados. Uh, question is, I just wanted to ask, what's your perfect Sunday? It's a quote and question. <laughs> this is in brackets, sorry. Question is, what's your perfect Sunday? Bracket. It's a quote and a question. Maddie, as you haven't pre-read this, and to save you a Google, it's from Hot Fuzz, one of the best. Oh, Hot Fuzz is another funny part of a very funny film series. I was just thinking of that Cornetto one before. Cornetto Trilogy. Are we talking S-U-N-D-A-Y or S-U-N-D-A-E? Oh, good question, because I've got answers for both. D-A-Y. D-A-E, I'm banana split, sprinkle of nuts, a bit of chocolate sauce, a bit of maybe a couple of wafers. Have I said nuts? <laughs> I'm a I don't think you've said that. Add a sprinkle of nuts. Oh, yeah. I'm a chocolate ice cream with chocolate sauce. Oh, double choc. Then a shitload of cream on top. A couple of cherries for looks and taste. 
fantastic <laughs> work. Sad taste. Mm. Okay. Guess uh, your perfect Sunday. Uh, I don't know, think oh, that I'm much enough. of a Sunday well, person. I'll have what yours. about maybe a- caramel? What's your AY then? AY. Hmm. Brunch. Oh yeah. Fuck, Buffet. I love brunch. Mm. Uh, maybe a walk. Yeah. Some sort of exercise. Um, and then a movie. Oh, sounds great. Yeah. My perfect Sunday, and most Sundays are able to go this way. I get up and have pancakes watching Insiders, which is a politic weekly political show. Uh, it's on Sunday mornings, 9am, followed by Offsiders, which is a weekly panel show about sport. Mm. Eating pancakes, banana on top, yum, yum, yum. banana. What a great start to the day. Yeah. Then uh, just sort of chilling, maybe a walk or something like that. Sounds nice. Yeah. If it's the perfect Sunday, I'd probably uh, the Saints have a win yep. in the afternoon. Uh, or if it's summertime outside of footy season, just a beer garden. Oh. Just having a few drinks with mates and then coming home and, yeah, Chilling out with a movie or something. Yes. That's the, my perfect Sunday. Mm, love that. We have pretty similar tastes, guys, because mine is definitely sleep in. Oh, yeah. Big sleep in on Sunday. That's why it's brunch and not breakfast. Oh, you yeah, know? for sure. Go 11 a.m. Yeah, go out for brunch. Yes, please. Come home, chill for a bit, maybe go for a drive to find a beautiful pie. Ooh, oh, yeah, I love going drive. for a drive mm, on a yeah, Sunday. Yeah, like a Sunday drive. Pie drive, love it. Drive out into the country. Yeah. Get, get a pie, get a scone. Oh, yeah, love going for a drive and getting some scones. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, cream first, then jam. Proper way. Yuck. And then um, the only other thing I would say is a long walk with the dog. Oh, yeah, okay. Take him to the park. Yeah. Let him off lead. He's going to play with the other dogs. I'm going to play with the other dogs while patting him. Dave, is that a euphemism? Quite a tortured one about wanking? <laughs> play with Taking the dog. a long do- walk with the dog, <laughs> playing with a few other dogs. I've been mean, going for walks. Wanking. Sorry, I've lost. <laughs> I'm not following anymore. Is this still about wanking? Because <laughs> we're not allowed to do much at the moment. Obviously, mm. we've all been doing a lot of wanking. Um, but also, because uh, <laughs> you can't go anywhere, you're only allowed to go for walks and stuff. We've been walking around the park across the road from our house. And the other day I was like, yeah, I prefer walking in the park because uh, rather than like walking around the block, like in the streets, I think yeah. it's just too noisy. And my boyfriend was like, and because there's less dogs? Because <laughs> the park is filled oh, with dogs. You like Love dogs. Them. Oh, my God. I saw five border collies in one day. What? Five of them. Oh, Love. my God. What a day. Love those puppies. On uh, Primates last week, we had this kind of conversation. Me and Evan are like, we both have friends like you guys, probably you two are two of these friends are talking about and we both don't really get it but we're sort of just polite to our friends <laughs> who are like look at that dog we're like oh yeah look at that dog look at that dog over there look at it walking along yeah yeah it's great look at it look at it go uh, oh, but I, I like parks yeah i like trees yeah i love little areas of urban areas that feel like you could be in the bush yes we like, like a look. reserve yeah yeah love a reserve mm. Love that. Anyway. A little, if there's a little stream running through it. Oh, uh, I walk along the river. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. So good. Beautiful. I reckon we could all have a perfect Sunday together, it sounds like. No, it. thank you. I'm in, Dave. And let's finish with a Sunday. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Can I, I would add that to my perfect Sunday. Yeah. It would be a fantastic dessert at the end of it all. Yeah, good one. Oh, I love dessert. I'm a Sunday, yes. Please. That Sydney, I think about it all the time. That Sydney date we had, Dave. That was a beautiful after day. After a live show, or maybe the night. Well, we were up in Sydney for a live show. We went out and we had Italian for dinner and then went to a dessert bar. With a walk in between. With a well. walk in between. It was fantastic. One and of my best ever dates. I was going to say, is it sad that it's also one of my best ever dates? <laughs> is that sad? Is that sad or is that super happy? Because <laughs> mm. it yeah. makes me full of joy. Mm. Anyway, thank you so much, Catherine Clough. 
and Jessica Gillette Sheetha. A couple of fantastic names. Uh, that brings us to the other Patreon shout-outs and thank yous. Uh, these are on the, I believe, the... I always forget what level. The five-buck level, you get a shout-out. And uh, Jess normally comes up with a little game to play. Yeah, what? What do we have? We had Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear oh, yeah, and a okay. man falling to his death. Okay. So or, the, or the company. We could talk uh, yeah. about their crime family name or something. Or Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. It doesn't have to be a drug, but some sort of... Thing and some sort of animal. Yeah. Okay. And that's their what, spirit animal? Yes. Because mine's Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, maybe th- this is the bear that's set up or the animal that's set up at their local weird mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah great. Mine's actually uh, Craft Beer Wombat. Yeah. <laughs> what is beer wombat? Beer wombat. That's cute. Mine's pie dog. <laughs> you are a pie dog. <laughs> you little pie dog. Oh, look at that little pie dog. Oh, yes. Look at that little pie dog. <laughs> yes. Oh. They're so great. Oh, man. They just, life's not worth living without that's pubs. A, that's a great one. This may be my favourite ever one you've come up with. That's fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to kick it off if that's all right with you. And I would love to thank from Minneapolis, Minnesota, from the Twin Cities. Well, one of the Twin Cities. Do you know that? I learned that recently. My One of my good mates, Dan, is a Timberwolves fan. And they we were watching Boston versus Timberwolves in the basketball a month ago or something. And they were wearing a thing that said Twin Cities on their jersey, their singlet. And apparently that's because they're... They've got in Minnesota. There's two pretty big cities right next to each and other. And they're basically joined up. Is it St. Paul the other Saint one? St. Paul's the other one. Yes, mm. of course. The <laughs> geography nerd would know. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd come here with a new fact, and Dave no. said, "Yeah, heard it." Step mate. aside, dickhead. <laughs> um, so yeah, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, so go Timberwolves, and it is Jay Broman. Jay Broman. Jay Broman. Okay, I think Jay Broman is the. He is. The chocolate. Yep. Timberwolf, maybe. Wolf. Chocolate wolf. wolf. Chocolate That's wolf. pretty good. Wolf. That's a good one. I Yum. like that very much. Also, is the does the animal require? Are they? Do they have to eat whatever the thing is till they That's die? That's probably bad, isn't it? <laughs> does the wolf eat enough chocolate to die? <laughs> then it gets stuffed and put on display. No, let's not focus on that side of it. No, well, I mean, they just <laughs> eat. Yeah, they eat it and love it. Chocolate this is the kind it. of wolf that can definitely handle yeah, chocolate. Yeah, that's right. Chocolate wolf. It's dark enough for the wolf to be able to digest it. Yeah, loves it. The, I should say, these are uh, listeners. I'm, uh, I mentioned it last week. I did an audit. Uh, this is what I've been doing in my lockdown period. I'm auditing all our shout-outs, and I found all these uh, people that have fallen through the cracks. So Jay Broman has been waiting patiently for over two years. How can we keep that name down? Jay Broman. Also waiting for uh, over two years, Jacoby Austin DeAngel. Oh, fantastic Jacoby. name. Jacoby. We love your work. We absolutely love your work. From Sacramento. California. Okay, Jacoby is a cake mouse. Cake mouse. Oh, oh, oh yes. Yeah. Love yeah. that. I love when a food is bigger than the animal. Yeah, yeah. that's cute. That's how much it likes it. It's like, I'm going to tackle that. Thanks, Jacoby, our cake mouse. What an absolute legend. Dave, do you want to thank some people? I would love to now. All the way from Fenton, Michigan, am I? Missouri? We feel like we've been here Every time. time. You keep talking, I'll look it up. I think Missouri's MO. Uh, From Fenton, Madison Koutman. Madison Countman. Madison Countman. It is Michigan. Michigan. Michigan, of course. It's Fenton, Michigan. Uh, Madison Countman. And I think that Madison... Or Courtman. Or Courtman is the... Yep. 
Hot chip. Oh. Donkey. The hot chip donkey. Oh my hot god. Hot chip donkey. Hot chips. I love hot chippies. Because when you guys were talking about your favorite foods, I was like, what the fuck is mine? Hot chips. Hot chips is number one. I reckon. Yeah. I mean, good hot chips are the best. Yeah. But even I love bad hot, hot chips. chips, still I fine. Still, still, they're not, it's never like terrible. I mean, You'll pizza is my favorite food. Yeah, yes. I think pizza. I had pizza last night. Fantastic. But the yeah. UK hot did chips. prove to you that you can fuck up pizza. Oh, you can. <laughs> that's true. You can, and they did. I feel like Amer- like America took a few great Italian foods and improved them. I think. Do you reckon? I reckon they because the, the genuine Italian pizza is very bare and sparse with ingredients. I normally have just one or two apparently on top. Yeah, yeah. I like how the Americans have just loaded them up. See, I like, I like a, pineapple I like on a, a pizza. basic pizza. I don't mind a basic pizza, but I love one with mushrooms, capsicum, olives, onion, onion, pineapple. Cheese. Cheese. Yep. Sauce. Tomato base. Um, Yum. I had that exact pizza yesterday, but I had avocado on it. What Ooh. the fuck? Cooked it was cooked. Love it. I love... Co- I love. Uh, I don't like cooked avocado. Baked avo. I think for me, it makes it even better. Where did yeah, you get right. that pizza from? That was a Domino's special. Fuck At work, because it was a Good Friday, so it was on a public holiday, because we still have to work, because it's a newsroom, technically. So the news never stops. Um, they provide lunch on public holidays, and uh, it, the only thing that was open was uh, Domino's, which I was stoked about, because I loved it. You still going to the office? Yeah. Yeah, be one of the few. Mm. Yeah, so they've made it so half the people, if you can work at home, you are. But unfortunately for me, I cannot. I've got an official letter from the ABC saying I'm an essential worker if I get pulled over by the police. That's the world we're living in. Wow. And I do by not essential have that. worker, I'm not. <laughs> they could just play a tape, but they yeah, let it's, me it's work. It's funny with audio stuff. It's like I could definitely phone this in literally. Yeah. Well, from 1am to 6am, which is when I'm on, they... No, I don't need. Someone doesn't have to don't be there. Don't say it, Jess. No, but I'm an essential worker. Yeah, hang I've on, got a letter to prove you, it. You've got the paper. Thank you. Uh, thanks to Madison Courtman, Madison Countman. We absolutely love your work over in Michigan. And sorry it's taken a while to get to you. It's also taken a while to get to, but we're still going to give him a massive shout out. Matthew Lauer or Lower? Matthew. Who yeah, not it? Matt Lauer. That's he's not a supporter of the show. Oh, yeah, he's not a good dude. But this is a good dude, Matthew Lower, who has not said where you're from, Matthew, but I presume you're listening in space. Yeah. Wow. In a way, aren't we all in space? Yes. I think it's true. Matt, do you have an idea for your fellow Matt? Uh, well, I think my other favourite... F- I think we've talked about this before, my favourite four cuisines. I said cuisines weird there. Italian. Japanese. Mexican. A, th- a fourth one. And I reckon I'm going to go with burrito. Oh. What about a burrito vol? Oh, burrito oh. vol. Vols are one of my favourite comedy animals. I know, it keeps coming up. That's yeah. why I thought it'd be good. I still don't really know what it is. It's a small English thing. Mm-hmm. Burrito vol. Burrito vol. Sounds like burrito vol. Oh. are delicious. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew. And sorry it's taken a while, but you mean the world to us. You are the wind beneath our wings. You yeah, burrito your name vol. might be lower, but in our estimations, you are higher than us. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> you got the job. Well done, I would, Matthew. I would like to bring it home and thank some people. Pleasey. A local one from Preston here in Victoria. Oh. David <gasps> Cunningham. Oh. I thought it was going to be me. David Cunningham, thank you so much for your support. That does impress me much. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay, you go food, I'll go animal. Okay. A curry. Dingo. Oh, yum. Mm, 
curry dingo. Good work. Yeah. I made a Thai green curry the other night. That's why I was thinking mm. about it. Because Thai would be my third. Yes, I Thai's right. Italian, I love Mexican, Thai. Okay. Thai's great. Oh, I like so many. Indian yeah. is Indian, right up there. yum. I'm into Indian. I don't know if there's a cuisine I dislike. Hmm. But I haven't Let's had them all it. yet. <laughs> so thank you very much to David. And I would also love to thank another Dave. Oh, is it me this time? Dave <gasps> Ballantyne. Oh, Ballantyne. Happy Ballantyne's Day. Dave doesn't say where he's from either, but we can only assume space. Okay. Do you want to say the f- No, I'll say the food. You say the animal. Okay, yes. yep. Dave is, of course, the strawberry cat. Ooh, oh, nice. We didn't have a cat. Strawberry cat. Yeah, a little strawberry, strawberry cat. cat. That's great. Like a like when people go, I'm a strawberry blonde. Yes. Which, you know? yeah, that's like a ginger cat, but it's a bit pink. I was a strawberry blonde as a kid, which is a lie, of course, a redhead. But, um, <laughs> it's a lie that a lot of redheads I remember one so, of my yes. parents wouldn't let it go. They're like, no, nah, you're strawberry blonde. Like they were ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> I will not admit this. <laughs> no, it's Auburn. <laughs> no, it's not. No, nah. it's fucking not. Just I shake believe it. No, it's um. <laughs> no, my mum says I'm actually a strawberry blonde. <laughs> it's light black. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Very light. Dave Ballantyne, the strawberry Thanks. cat. DB. Thanks to everyone um, that we mentioned just there. You're all great. So We've many great uh, ones there. Let me just double check if anyone is being inducted in the Triptych Club. Dave, do you want to explain the Triptych Club briefly while I have well, a Well, we've brief, uh, recently launched the Triptych Club, which is uh, for people that have been supporting the show at the shout-out level for three consecutive years. Yeah, it's so a pretty massive effort. Absolutely long-term supporters of ours, which we uh, totally appreciate. And usually, Jess, we supply some oh. sort of hors d'oeuvre and or drink. Why the fuck? Do I forget this every time? I'm trying to give you time here. Thank you. And or cocktail. Yep. For example, we had I think we had a prawn cocktail last week. But just yes. this week, the Triptych Club, if there are any, what would they be nibbling on? Of course, there's an open bar as well. Well, yeah, uh, there's an open bar, but there's also a cocktail special this week. Oh, what are we talking? Espresso martinis. Oh, my. Keep you going. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. Delish. Big fan. I went to a, a wine bar, like, you know, when we're allowed to still. Uh, for a little celebration. I went up to the thing and there was a cocktail menu. Ooh, and I tried so hard to find one that wasn't the basic bitch espresso martini, but I ended up sheepishly saying, do you mind if I get a... It was like nah. a classy kind of joint. I fucking own it now. Sometimes I'm like, I'll have a porn star martini, thanks. <laughs> Ooh, what's that mean? I don't remember, but they're pretty good. Right. Me walking up there, I don't think they're expecting anything less yeah. <laughs> from this. What do you want, espresso martini? We don't do VB, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, yeah, we got espresso martinis yes. and mini pizzas. Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. I love well, finger food. Yeah. There are a couple of inductees in the Triptych Club this week from Missouri City in Texas. It's Matt Lass. And from Whitehaven, Cumbria in Great Britain, it's Scott Clark. Welcome. Please. Grab a mini pizza. Make Matt yourself at home. If we can get you anything, let us know. And these are genuine Italiano mini oh, yeah. pizzas. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just like Mama used to make No them. avocado on them, sadly. No. Sadly, no. But... They are I, delicious. I think I, wa- I do want to take back slightly what I said. I love both versions of the pizza. I don't want to offend anyone from Italy. Uh, of course, I'm I'm one eighth uh, Swiss Italian, so I. Well, you're not. One sixteenth, one eighth. <laughs> you potato, say tomato, potato. you say tomato. I know, but do you want one eighth of a pizza or do you want one sixteenth oh. of a pizza? It makes a big difference. Oh. I'll take one eighth. <laughs> the amount that I am Swiss Italian. One eighth sucks. That's I'm not, actually, that's I think no. I'm one quarter. You keep bumping it up, mate. You're trying to claim citizenship. I'm fully Swiss Italian. (laughs) I'm mamma mia. Something Swiss. Roger Federer. (laughs) Something Swiss. I couldn't get any. Chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Chocolate pizza. Mamma mia. Oh, that's fantastic. 
so that brings us to the end of our Patreon section, the best part of our show. That's right. It brings us to the end of the episode as well. Thank you so much for uh, listening to to us. Of course, uh, many episodes for you to check out if you have only recently started listening. Mm. And uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash do go on pod. If you get on the, I think, DB Cooper level or the one above that, I forget what it's called, you can now get three bonus episodes a month. Uh, and we're excited for that. I can't wait to watch the cameo appearance of Brendan Fraser. I think the first film might start either River or Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, quite wow. young. Cool. I looked into it, you know. Okay. I That's had a bit awesome. of time. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, check us out on dogoonpod.com or follow at dogoonpod for all the social media needs. But until then, we'll say thank you and goodbye. Later. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.